You're listening to the Arts Unknown Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Rocco. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. If you're a returning listener, well then welcome back. On today's episode, I got a chance to chat with Alexandria Jones. Alexandria, who typically goes by Alex, is a vocalist with a degree in music therapy. She has spent a decade performing in various bands in a variety of musical styles. Currently, Alex works in the field of philanthropy and is working on writing a children's book inspired by songs written during her time as a music therapist. Alex says that she is drawn to music because of its power to create relationships amongst people. I had a fun time getting a chance to chat with Alex about her musical influences, inspiring music teachers, and what eventually pushed her towards pursuing a career in music therapy. Let's take a listen. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Alex. I guess the first thing would be, when did the arts, and I know you're a musician, mm-hmm. uh, music, uh, come into your life? What's your earliest memory of the arts and music? Yeah, um, I would say my earliest memory would have to be when I was in middle school. Okay. So I grew up in a military family. We moved oh, okay. around a lot. Okay. Um, and so when I started middle school, we had just moved to Okinawa, Japan. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that was all new. It was just like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in a new place. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make friends. Yep, what yep. is life? Mm-hmm. All of that. All those usual questions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking down the hall one day and hearing music, just hearing these voices, just this beautiful, gorgeous sound coming from this room. Okay. And I just stopped in my tracks and was mm-hmm. like, what, what is going on? Where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. And it was the choir class going on. Okay. And I was like, I have to do that. Really? And I can't remember when exactly... Like choir started. I don't know if it was like sixth grade or seventh grade that you mm-hmm. had to be in it. But somewhere I was, in middle school. Yeah, and so I was like the grade lower, okay. and they were like, "Okay, you can start choir next year." That's kind of like the perfect time. It sounds like mm-hmm. right. You had the inspiration, and you're you're almost there. Yeah. So I was like, whatever this is, I need to be in it next right, year. Right. Right. And that's what really started to kind of propel me in the world of of music. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And if you wouldn't mind just. Bring the mic a yeah. little bit closer so we can get a little bit closer. Great. There we go. Awesome. So that's your first memory of music and, and just kind of hitting you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and was it a cappella? Was it like a was it a group with like a band or anything like that? Or? It was just a standard choir class in okay. school. So just the choir, teacher mm-hmm. would play piano. So mm-hmm. it was mainly just voices and piano that would nice. make up the music. Very cool. And before then... I would say a lot of my music exposure was just in church. You well, know. I was going to ask, did you grow up with music in the house when mm-hmm. you were younger? Oh, yeah. My parents love... Well, my dad loves to listen to smooth jazz. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Any jazz traditionalists out there or jazz purists are going to hate that. I know, I know. But that was They're his... They hate to each their own, you know? <laughs> that was his jam. So we listened okay. to a lot of smooth jazz when we were driving in the car. Okay. Um, it is good driving music, I will say. Yeah, yeah. But then Sometimes. a lot of like R&B too, mm. a lot of gospel. My mom okay. is 
was really into gospel growing up. And so that's what we would be listening to in the Mm -hmm. house and when we were driving. Mm -hmm. Um, But choir was just like this whole other world for me. It was like a different kind of music. Mm -hmm. You were learning a lot of traditional music Mm -hmm. and just... Well, I was going to ask, did you audition eventually for this choir that you heard? So in middle school, it was pretty much like... If you want to do it, you can just go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was interesting because my middle school choir teacher, Miss Black, Mm -hmm. um, she and her husband, Mr. Black, were the choir teachers for middle school and high school. Okay. So it's kind of one of those things of, you know, you come through middle school and if you really love it, then you can be in or audition for one of the choirs in high school. Um, And... I remember being in middle school in Mrs. Black's choir, and we had like a joint choir concert once. Okay, um, you joined with another class with, or with something? With high school, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so it was like the middle school kids, and right. then we went over to the high school to do our... Were you our, starstruck by yeah. all the older kids? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, honestly, I think at the time, I thought that we were the coolest choir. Really? Because wow. that was really You're my hot only shot exposure. Schooler. Exactly. So okay. I was like, we got this. We're going to be amazing. <laughs> I remember we went up there and we sang and I was like, I bet these high school kids are just blown away by really? this. Really? That's what I was feeling. That's like, unusual confidence for a middle schooler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And looking back, I'm like, oh girl. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Not even close. Um, but yeah, we... I remember us getting off stage and then the high school kids getting on stage and Mr. Okay. Black, who was the choir teacher for high school, okay. getting everybody ready. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, we're going to start the song. Mm-hmm. The song started. I thought it sounded beautiful. Okay. But like a few seconds in, Mr. Black just kind of cuts everybody oh, off. No. And he's like, guys come on, you know, we're like X amount of days away from the concert. We've okay. been preparing this. You mm-hmm. know what you need? Like, get serious about this. Really? Give you a reality check. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And me in middle school, I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, this guy is so scary and intense. Really? Yeah. What's and happening? And you thought you were doing great. You thought uh, yeah. everything was good. Yeah. And you could just tell all of a sudden everybody... Um, all the high school kids, their demeanor just changed mm. and, you know, they got really serious and focused. And so that really worked. That yeah. Was effective. About what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then he started the song over and it was absolutely beautiful. Really? Yeah. And just I, in that one little pep just talk. Just in that one little, let's make an adjustment. Let's mm-hmm. get focused on this. Wow. And That's I remember, amazing. yeah, I remember that moment just feeling like, okay, so... There is some discipline behind this. Sure, sure. It's not, it's not just all fun and games. Yeah. you got to work at it. Exactly. You're mm-hmm. not just opening your mouth and whatever comes out, comes out. Right, and, right. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's on pitch, sometimes, sometimes it may it's not. not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was like, ugh, I want to learn from him. Like, he kind of scares me a little bit. But you were inspired But at the I same was time? really inspired. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, you Did know, you continue choir mm-hmm. uh, going through high school and everything? Yeah, yeah. And I'm so I'm so grateful for Mr. Black, who actually is Dr. Black now. Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, his doctorate. Very fancy. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he really set me up with a strong foundation in mm-hmm. music, really, and was one of the first people that you could tell just was so passionate about music. Mm-hmm. Like, you just 
ate and drank and breathed music at all times. That's great. And really was passionate not only about music, but about music education Mm -hmm. and instilling that in young people. Those are all great qualities to have in a music teacher. Yeah. And especially important, that's a pivotal age for a lot of kids, middle school. Because you're starting... Those are those transitional years where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, you're not a little kid in elementary school anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, older kid, high school, mm-hmm. looking to college. But, you know, those are important years. And I'm sure that had a, a big effect on you. Yeah. So he was awesome. So, I mean, thinking back, it's like, now I feel like I'm taking a trip down memory lane. But I mean, that's kind of, that's how we start this podcast usually. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> but it was like... It, it was base. It was really like some of the best times in high school for me, really? being in choir with Dr. Black. We had a um, during my freshman year. I remember my really good friend at the time got asked to audition for the Magical Choir, which was like the top choir. Oh, okay, so the hot shots. Yeah, you had to be invited to audition. Wow. And so she got invited during freshman year, which was As also a freshman too. yeah, wow, okay. which is also That's a really no big deal. So I was like. Oh my gosh, you're so amazing. Um, and I remember for me, I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm going to audition for like the advanced choir. Okay. Cause like the very top choir was like, you had to be invited to audition. It wasn't something you could raise your hand and be like, really? I want to audition for they this. They have like scouts that were like watching that it would was come just, in. Yeah. Or? Mr. Black, he was just really good at kind of assessing the leaders, mm, you know, wow. and, and finding those people who were like, Hey, I think you might be a good fit for for this. Nice. And where did you go to high school again? Um, so the first half of my high school, my freshman through the ha- first half of junior year was mm-hmm. in Okinawa, Japan. So you said Japan, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if this was still in that same time period. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this was mm-hmm. in Japan. Okay. And I remember auditioning for advanced choir. Mm-hmm. So Black was like, oh, I don't think I've ever really heard you sing like this before because I'm I was pretty shy and so were you one of the quieter kids yeah okay. I was not the one who was raising my hand like when, I want all the solos yeah, and nope, stuff like that that wasn't me yeah, I was like no okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like good. I'm cool I'll just sing here mm-hmm. um and so after I did my audition for advanced choir Mr. Black was like hey I think I'd like you to audition for the magical choir really oh boy yeah how did you like, feel about that scared yeah just scared like mm-hmm. what no yeah. I- i'm not ready for this mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time it was like all right well this opportunity has presented itself right, so let's right. just go for it and mm-hmm. see what happens um so i auditioned and ended up that both me and my best friend they took both of us wow yeah which was another thing was like being freshmen and getting into that choir was just like unheard right. of. Right. This is, I was going to say, all in the context of freshman year too mm-hmm. makes it even more special. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so, yeah. And then it was just, so it was really awesome to go from a choir where, you know, it was a mixed bag. Some people mm-hmm. were really serious about it. Others were like, it's an easy A. Right, exactly. Get my this. GPA up with yeah. choir. Right, yeah. right. Or I like music. Let me just hang sure. out in here. Mm-hmm. To being in a room where everybody was really serious about it. Everybody yeah. had a certain level of talent. Mm-hmm. There was a certain expectation, I yeah. assume, too, right? Yeah, like mm-hmm. the music was really you know, intense. There was Mm -hmm. a certain amount of like responsibility that went Mm -hmm. along with it. Sure. Which was awesome for me. Yeah. You like that? That didn't uh, intimidate you too much? 
In the beginning, of course. Yeah. You know, you're always nervous going into a new situation where Mm -hmm. you don't know what to expect. Sure. Especially as a freshman in high school, too. It's a tough time for anybody. Yeah. But uh, being in Madrigal Choir, it was just like, it was amazing. Like, I really dove in. I love the music. I love the Mm -hmm. people. You learn so much. Sure, yeah. Um, You learn so much about how to kind of pay attention and... Uh, to the people around you mm-hmm. and really Open learn how to blend. Up a little bit more. Yeah, mm-hmm. rather than let me just sing right. for myself. Sure. You know, it was like really learning how to, um, you know, I think for me, it really solidified what I loved about music. Okay. And that was this opportunity to build relationships with people through music. Okay. I feel like I don't hear that perspective as much. Usually it's more like, oh, it was just about the music. But you mm. thought of it also as a social mm-hmm. sort of experience mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Which makes sense, of course. But yeah. I feel like I don't hear that from as many people. Usually it's more like, oh, I love the music. And, you know, maybe I made a friend in choir and stuff. But that's interesting that you thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and now how important was, um, or that you talked about the importance of your teacher, Mr. Black. Do you think... If he wasn't your teacher, or you just had a, a different person, who maybe they weren't mm-hmm. bad, but they weren't as, uh, you know, uh, helpful. Do you think you still would have ended up in music later on in life? And we'll get to the later part of your life later. But do you, how important do you think he was as a mentor at that time in your life? I think he was somebody who needed to be in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would have done or, or what mute or what role music would have played in my life, especially at that time. Cause it was mm-hmm. high school. And so mm-hmm. I was starting to think about college sure. soon. Mm-hmm. And I think those years really shaped what music is for me. So okay. yeah. yeah, that's great. Music educators are important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so you weren't at that high school the whole time, though, it sounds Mm-mm. like, right? You moved at some point? Yeah, second half of my junior year, okay. which at the time was the worst thing I was going to say, that didn't sound like that would be a great thing, <laughs> judging on how much you love the choir and how much you loved your teacher. Yeah, it was hard to go. Yeah, it and was that was because your dad was in the service? Mm-hmm, Where yeah. did you guys end up going from there? We moved to Anchorage, Alaska. Wow, that's a completely different <laughs> environment. <laughs> Just a smidge. Yeah, Um Wow. Okay. So then talk about that experience a little bit. I assume you still wanted to continue with music at yeah. that point. Yeah. So we moved to Anchorage, Alaska, middle of the junior year. And this was the first time, I think in a very, very long time that I had been going to school with kids who were not in the military. Oh, interesting. You were when you were in Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Japan and Pretty much everywhere that I had been before then had mm-hmm. had a lot of military families and military okay. kids. Okay. So, so you could bond over that yeah, a little bit. it's a little easier Similar to make experience. friends. Sure. People are Every, kind of... Everyone's trying to make friends again or you're always yeah. the new kid. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so here I was in the second half of my junior year well, in this environment. Too, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where people who had... You know, they had their friends that they had known since kindergarten right, or right. first grade. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of like, oh, I already have my friends group here. Like, so. Who are you? And th- that's a really difficult time, I feel like, to come in uh, in high school. 
Yeah. You know, like if you came in as a freshman, okay, maybe there's some people that know each other from middle school, but it's kind of yeah. a fresh start for a lot yeah. of people. Or even like starting at the beginning of the beginning year. Beginning of the year, you were in the middle <laughs> of junior year. And junior year is, you know, notoriously one of the toughest years of high school, mm-hmm. not the toughest, because you got college mm-hmm. on the brain. Now, did you think you were going to go to college in Japan before you knew you were moving? Was that ever an idea or? You know what? I don't even know that I even gave it much thought. Okay, it wasn't on the horizon or mm-hmm. on your radar at that point mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, the thing with being in Japan was people were very serious about their academics. Okay. And so I was surrounded by a lot of people who took grades really seriously and like mm-hmm. to do well in school, which was nice. Okay. So That's I think good. that just by association, I was like, all right. You got to take this seriously. You got to put this. in some hard work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But in terms of where I wanted to go to college and what I wanted to do with myself, I still didn't still really. Still figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. then you end up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Were there any choirs in school that you could join? There was. Okay. And thank God for it. Because thank goodness. <laughs> that I just was... think about the population density difference from Japan to Alaska. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, you know, we lived so Okinawa is like a little island off the mainland of Japan. Oh, okay. So okay. it's relatively small. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, but. Even though Alaska is huge, the largest state in the right. United States, it's also, its population is pretty small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... And where in Alaska were you? Anchorage. Anchorage, okay. Yeah, so no. it's like That's southern Alaska. That's one of the cities, Alaska. right? Yeah. Smallest cities? Yeah. yeah, cities. Cities, yeah. Cool. By Alaska standards, yeah. I guess. I've never been, but... Yeah. Um, okay. But it would be considered like the city in Alaska. Okay. So mm-hmm. th- I guess that's probably not a bad thing for you though, as far as people and, and networking. And you talked about the social aspect mm-hmm. of it too. So yeah. Um, where there's cities, usually there's more arts and culture and music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So it was, you know, going to school was, it was tough in the beginning, but again, choir was really the, where I met my core group of friends okay. in Alaska that's a great way to meet people too. So yeah, it probably helped a lot. Yeah, so that was huge, and that's where I met um, my teacher, my vocal teacher, mm-hmm. going to church there. Okay. I met her, and she had gone to Ithaca College. Okay, in New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she really introduced this idea that you could go to school for music okay. to me. And you had never thought about that before no. as an option. Mm-mm. Okay. And so she was like, you know, maybe you should look into conservatories and, mm. and schools and see if you might find something of interest to you. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I was, I remember I opened a catalog Okay. and I went to like the music section oh my God. and it was like conservatory, 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 and then found some places looked them up online mm-hmm. and was like, so did you look up anything online at this point? Or? You know, I started in that cat, you know, it was in the catalog where I started. So that's kind of old school way to do it, but that's kind of cool at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And then looked the places up online and found sure. that a lot of the places I was interested in were in like mm-hmm. Boston and the Massachusetts area. Oh, okay. Got it. So, um, Told my teacher, I was like, you know, I'm really interested in these schools. These so you, you took to that idea right away then. Uh-huh. It wasn't like she had to convince you to go to music school. Once uh-uh. you said, hey, this is a thing you can do. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, really? I was really? like, well, yeah, that makes complete sense. Right. And then you're like, this is what I want to do? Yeah. I couldn't imagine going to school for anything else. Really? Okay. There was nothing else that really 
interested me or mm-hmm. something i was like yes i could mm-hmm. i can sink my teeth into this right. for four years but you hadn't thought about that as an option before she told you correct Mm-mm. so did you have any ideas of what you wanted to do for college before that no 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 it was just perfect timing because that to me this was junior year i assume yeah. still so yeah i was very okay. much as a kid i was very much just kind of in the moment okay didn't really plan too far ahead mm-hmm. and I think part of that was just growing up in the military sure and you didn't know where you were going to yeah, end up you couldn't you get too attached to a certain place or to mm-hmm. people you were always kind of on the move right and that's a mindset I adopted of just kind of staying in the moment that's not a bad thing that's not a bad thing yeah it's hard to stay in the moment it's, um and did you, did you, uh, were you born in Japan? I don't remember if you had said. I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia, okay. Yeah. And, and how long were you there? For about three years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and you then probably don't to remember Alaska. too much of no. that. No, yeah. no, no, no. Okay. And that's, you know, that's where a lot of my family um, on my mom and dad's side live in, in Georgia and Alabama. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, but we. You moved pretty early on, three years old. We moved yeah. to Fairbanks, Alaska when I was like three going on four so oh she moved to alaska first so i give us give us the timeline here (laughs) so we have the whole layout yeah so i was born in georgia we lived in fairbanks alaska so Mm -hmm. we were there for about four years okay then we moved to tucson arizona oh wow okay so you've been all over the place yeah we lived there for two years Mm -hmm. and then we moved to okinawa japan okay and how old were you when you moved to japan um i think i was going on 12 Okay. Maybe 12 okay. or 13. Mm-hmm. Was there until second half of my junior year, and then we moved back to Alaska. Interesting. So you had already been to Alaska mm-hmm. at one point. Okay. Mm-hmm. A different section? Yeah, Fairbanks, which is like middle of Alaska. A okay. little more, less people there. Yeah. A little mm-hmm. more open space. Got it. Okay. Um, and from Anchorage, Alaska, ended up getting into school and mm-hmm. moving to Boston. Wow. So you, I, that makes sense why you have that sort of kind of in the moment mentality because like you said, you moved mm-hmm. all over the place and, um, and that's good in some ways. You get used to change, you know, mm-hmm. it's always tough for a lot of people so I'm mm-hmm. sure that helped. And then the idea of going to Boston for school, I'm sure, wasn't like, okay, I'm just going to a new place. This is just the next chapter of life or yeah. some people are like, oh my God, like I don't want to go to school far away. Like I want to stay close to my family. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but... For you, Alaska to Boston is pretty far, but you'd already done all that stuff. Yeah, so that was not an issue for me. Location was, you know, I'd never been to Boston before, and I had never been anywhere on the East Coast really. Okay, so new adventures, new places. I was just like, bye. Yeah, (laughs) let's do this. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Um, Very cool. Did you have any siblings that were into music at all, or anything like that as well? Um. I have two siblings. They did band growing up. Okay. Uh, my sister played the clarinet, okay. I believe, in high school. And my brother mm-hmm. played the viola. Got it. Are they older siblings or younger siblings? Younger. younger. The oldest. So you're yeah. the oldest. Okay. Uh-huh. So you were kind of the trailblazer. Yeah. You, were yeah. The, you, you got into the music thing first, mm-hmm. more or less? Yeah. Okay. And I would I would say I'm like the music person in our family. Okay. Yeah. My sister mm-hmm. and brother went to the sciences, neuroscience it, and biology. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. And you were the one that's like, I'm going to do like music. music. <laughs> okay. So you're applying to colleges and you get into where in Boston? Uh, Berkeley. Berkeley. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you decided, all right, let's go, let's, go, let's mm-hmm. do this. Yeah, okay. I loved just the 
You went to, did you go to visit before? I you did. Went? Yeah, okay. I did my audition. Um, we flew to Boston so I could do my my audition and wow. interview for Berkeley. And was this pre like Skype auditions? Because I know they do that kind of thing now. Where they do. You live far away. Yeah, but this was like before you could you know, have the option to do online. Mm -hmm. So So you really had to go there. Yeah. Which was good because it gave me a chance to see the East coast. You've never been, like you said before. So that's good. My mom came with me. And so I think it helped her kind of feel more comfortable with the idea of me going to the East coast. And And they were going to, your parents were staying in Alaska for, you're not sure. Were they planning on staying there for a while or was it kind of depending on your dad's uh, you know, where he had to go for his job. Mm -hmm. It was, it was kind of like four years. And so at that point we had been there a little less than two years before I went to college. So I knew they were going to be there for a little while longer, but didn't know, you know, where they would go next or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Um, yeah. Cool. So you get to Boston, get Mm -hmm. to Berkeley. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, what did you major in? Music therapy. Music therapy. Yeah. That seems like a growing field. Now I hear yeah. more and more about that every year. Yeah. Um, what made you want to go into music therapy? Well, when I started Berkeley, I was so sure I was going to go into vocal performance. Right. Yeah. That makes like, sense. I'm just going to be a star. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be famous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wasn't there too long before I realized that even though I enjoyed performing and mm-hmm. it was fun for me, mm-hmm. I just wasn't really passionate about it. It didn't really like get my really? blood okay. going. Yeah. That's interesting because b- all the stuff you said before kind of makes it seem like you would have been. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time you hear the choir, I'm like, whoa, and then you audition and you get into the higher choirs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It seems like performance was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you have that realization? Pretty early on? Yeah, you know, I think be, taking a lot of ensembles and a lot of private lessons and just mm-hmm. getting a sense of... Because I think I had an idea in my mind mm-hmm. of what it meant to be a performer. Yep. And then once I got around people who were performers and who had that type of lifestyle it was just something in me was like maybe this is not not for me not for me so then i was like well what do i do what do i do (laughs) and the nice thing is there's so many majors and so many opportunities Mm -hmm. to choose from you're in a good place as long as you want to stick with music Mm -hmm. exactly so i knew Mm -hmm. i still wanted to do something music related but Mm -hmm. what that was Mm -hmm. was a mystery to me. Now, were you a vocal performance major going in and then you changed majors? So with that particular school, you come in with a principal instrument and then you choose your major once you're there. Oh, okay. So you didn't have to declare beforehand. No. That's kind of nice, actually. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a few semesters before you have to decide what you want to do. That's good. So I had a friend who was going into music therapy. Okay. She was like, why don't you, why don't you check out music therapy? Yeah, yeah, see what it's all about. Yeah, so I took the intro class mm-hmm. and that's when it kind of made a little bit of a connection to me because I was like, oh, okay. The, mm-hmm. Kind of going back to why I loved music was because there was an opportunity to build relationships with people through music. Got it. Okay. And you spoke to that before about making those relationships and then the social aspect of it too. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And then here was this profession, which is Mm -hmm. all about 
building relationships with people through music, Mm -hmm. helping people with their non-musical goals, but Mm -hmm. using music as your tools. Right. So I was like, okay, this is cool. There you go. Sign me up. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I got into music therapy. Okay. And Um, in a nutshell, how was that experience? You don't have to go crazy in detail, but... um, I loved it. You liked it? I did. Yeah. It was... Every semester was different. We worked with different populations. Mm -hmm. Um, You learned a lot about, not only just about music, but also just being present and being in the moment. Well, you said you were already an expert at that anyways, right? Right, from just a lifestyle. But just like taking it to another level where as, you know, you can make moments happen, but you have to be aware of what's going on around you. Sure, sure. Um, and that you as a musician can only take your clients, your patients in a session as far as your musical skills go. Right. Mm-hmm. So it kind of was a great motivator for mm. getting better at music, sure, really sure. understanding theory, because it wasn't just about you. It was about right. serving other people. Mm-hmm. So you had to take private vocal lessons, I assume? Took vocal lessons, which was just, you know, part of being a vocal principal. Sure. But you had to learn guitar, piano. Wow. Did you play any instruments before you went to college? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you were just primarily a singer. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember when I decided I wanted to major in music therapy, Mm -hmm. you have to do like an interview and play a song on piano or guitar beforehand. Oh, wow. And you didn't play anything. Oh, God. How did that work? (laughs) So the summer before, I ended up taking guitar lessons okay. and learning like the foundation fundamentals. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was able to like get the crawl my down. way through yeah, yeah. the you interview sing a song part and of accompany it. yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I assume you passed the audition. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then I went into music therapy and like I said, it was just every semester was different. You worked mm-hmm. with different populations. That's great. Yeah. Speak to a little bit about that. What was that experience like working with different groups of people? It was great. It, it, it gave me a sense of what worked and what didn't work. Okay. So you got um, experience in the field. Mm-hmm. And when did you start that? Um, like what year? Pretty much your first semester in music really? therapy. Okay. Yeah. So That's once great. you get into the major, you just jump right in. That's um, great. I think it was early education mm-hmm. and special education was mm-hmm. the first semester of music therapy. Okay. And so you, you know, had your classes at Berkeley, but then you also um, you went out to different went out to the field and you worked with a licensed music therapist. Really? Okay, mm-hmm. that's a great experience. Yeah, so you had a you were in you a space with a, yeah, so you mm-hmm. had a supervisor mm-hmm. and so a lot of it was kind of watching them work and just seeing music therapy. That's great. Like that getting like that a great experiential experience. learning. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So And you did that every semester pretty every much? Every semester until you graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to go and do a practicum for about okay. six months. What is that months. exactly? Or excuse me, not a practicum, an internship. Internship, okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You, and what does that entail exactly? So basically your internship is where you go and you do your hours. You have to get X amount of hours okay. before you can sit for your board certification test okay. to get your license. Right. So that's mm-hmm. a big thing with music therapy that, mm-hmm. especially in that field, we're still educating people on Mm -hmm. i think people music can be therapeutic but that's different than music therapy interesting i've never thought about that like that yeah and so a lot of people like well oh i go into the hospitals and i play music for people that's music therapy right Mm -hmm. you're like "Eh, 
not, not exactly. really. Yeah. Okay. The idea What's is, the difference exactly? Well, being a licensed board certified music therapist is number one. Okay. Like you can't call anything that you're doing music therapy unless mm-hmm. there's an actual board certified music therapist. Wow, okay. So you got, it's legit. You got to get yeah. the credentials yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. And the way I think about it is it's like any therapy, you mm-hmm. know, talk therapy, physical therapy, sure. right. you know, you kind of assess the person, mm-hmm. what needs do you have? What can we work on? Right. And right. it's just using music as your mm-hmm. tools to do right. so. That's That's a great analogy to think about that. Cause I feel like people are like, Oh, there's like physical therapy and speech therapy, but then music therapy is over here in the separate category, mm-hmm. the separate group. And, um, did you ever face any of that as far as, um, you know, people you would talk to about it and they'd be like, oh, that's nice, like music therapy. And they would kind of, uh, I guess, belittle you a little bit or kind of say, oh, they wouldn't take it as seriously as, say, a physical therapist or like a speech therapist. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are still trying to validate sure, that's the what major I, yeah, that's what I the imagine. profession. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's a relatively new profession. I don't know when music therapy started as a thing. If you ever learned yeah, about th- the history of it in I school. W- to say around like don't quote me on this but i want to say around like the 60s is when it got started so it is still relatively new right mid 20th century yeah Yeah. (laughs) when you you think about it as a profession Mm -hmm. and again i think it's just how people think about music in general Mm -hmm. not even you know even saying that oh i'm going to school for music Mm -hmm. people are like sometimes like "Ooh, how are you you sure about that yeah did you ever get any of those reactions support yourself and things you know what not for my family i was gonna ask Especially your parents, obviously, would be not there. for my parents. They were always, always so supportive of any and everything that we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Really giving us a sense that you can do anything that you set your heart and your mind to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you work hard at it. Right. Um, it sounds like you already had that work ethic instilled in you from a young age. Yeah. Especially from working with the choirs. Yeah. That, uh, was it Mr. Black gave you that pep talk? Yeah. And said, "Hey, you got it here." You got to get your stuff together here. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Cool. Okay. So then you you um you did your internship, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and then you graduated. Yeah. So you so you graduate first. You finish up your. Oh, you school. graduate first. Yeah. Okay. You graduate, and then your last thing is your internship. Got and the it. internships okay. are all around. You can do them anywhere in the United States. Okay, so you didn't have to stay in Boston or no. the East Coast. So okay. I. Did my internship at Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. Wow. Okay. Now, how did you choose that? Um, Why did you choose that, I guess? So, one of my practicums was at a children's hospital here in Boston. And And what's a practicum again? Just for our listeners to know what that is. Yeah. So, practicum is basically what... It was like the experiential learning part of music therapy. So, this is when you go out into the field with a board-certified music therapist and spend a couple of hours practicing music therapy, getting to really use the skills that you were learning in the classroom. Cool. Okay. So, then... Uh, end up in LA. Yeah. And how did you choose that again? Um, so I really wanted to work at a children's hospital here in Boston because mm-hmm. I loved the area, wanted to stay, mm-hmm. but there just weren't opportunities available at the time. Mm-hmm. You think it was just because there's so many other music therapist graduates and all the positions got taken? You know, I, I can't really speak to how it is these days but I know mm-hmm. at the time it was just really tough to find work as a music therapist Really, okay. and that was one of the things I 
realized once I got out of my internship and mm-hmm. it was like, all right, now where's the job? Go live your life. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you realize, oh, it's, it's not, you know, as a music therapist, you get all of these skills, you build these skills to be good clinicians, mm-hmm. but then there's this other part of it too. There's the business aspect of it too. Right. There's the, do you know how to market yourself? Mm -hmm. Do you know how to network with people outside of music therapy Mm -hmm. to help you build your practice? Going into a private practice? Mm -hmm. Do you know how to go into a space that does not have music therapy and create Mm -hmm. opportunities for yourself? Interesting. Okay. Did you learn any of this kind of stuff in classes or was this more stuff you learned once you were out of school? This was... I would say more of what I learned once I was out of school. Okay. And, you know, one of the things looking back was a need that I kind of identified was Mm. like, oh, okay, you, you spend so much time in this almost music therapy bubble. You kind of know all the same people. Mm -hmm. You're surrounded by the same people. Mm. That's college too, in general. Yeah. And then you get out in the world and you're like, oh, 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 it's just me now? Yeah. Where'd you all go? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and you're That's like... That's going to be scary. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. And if you don't really know what to do or how to do it, it's mm-hmm. a little a little daunting. Yeah, sure. You know, and then the other piece of it that, you know, I think as musicians we don't love to talk about is the mm-hmm. loans. Sure. And the money mm-hmm. and the paying your bills. School's expensive, man. Especially yeah. now more than ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... So how did you deal with it? I mean, that's just that sounds like a lot to all of a sudden put on your plate after, I mean, it sounds like you had a good experience in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With that. And then did you come back to Boston after that? I did. So finished my internship in LA. Mm-hmm. There was like a couple opportunities that I could have gotten into, mm-hmm. but quickly realized I just cannot afford to be out here. Really? It's just too yeah. expensive. It's too expensive. I, you know, am one of those students who took out a lot of loans mm-hmm. to make college work. Yeah. And I'm sure you're not alone in that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you got to start paying those back now. Right. And so being out of school, you know, just finishing up my internship, I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, I have like big time bills to pay yeah. and I'm not really sure how I'm going to pay them. Yeah. Um, and so I, once I finished in LA, I went, home my parents had at that point moved to texas okay so they weren't in alaska anymore. they weren't in alaska anymore so went it's home. a little bit closer right a smidge yeah, yeah a smidge, a smidge. <laughs> more centrally located at uh-huh. least right yeah in the united states at least yeah it's not the 12 hour alaska to boston journey that it used to be yeah okay um but moved home and then was lucky enough to find work in higher ed in okay. music so, so when you say moved home you moved back to boston moved to texas, texas. yeah okay, got and it. then mm-hmm. once i was in texas mm-hmm. found a job in higher ed got it okay did like, you want to come back to boston was that a yeah. possibility you were always yeah kind of considering mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure you had connections here too yeah and know. just loved the city mm-hmm. loved my experience while i was mm-hmm. in school what did you like about the city um the history You've been around a lot yeah you know. i would say the history 
Yeah. For sure. And for me too, this was my first time being in a city and living in a city. Right. Up until then I had lived on military bases. Right. Um, right, right. and it's just a completely different experience. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So to be in a place where you everything is just so easily accessible right. mm-hmm. and there's always something new that you can discover in the mm-hmm. city was really attractive to me. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Um so what did you end up finding for a job? You so said you're looking for stuff in higher ed? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So when I was a student, I worked um, in just like higher ed administration. And so I was able okay. to get back into that. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't able to find anything music therapy related right away? No, not right away. Okay. That's and the tough. Idea, the idea at the time was I was like, oh, maybe I could go back to school and get my master's, master's in music therapy mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll just get this job and I'll just start paying my bills. Right, because the loans were knocking at your door. Mm-hmm. And it's like, All right, this is real world stuff mm-hmm. coming at you really fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is a, maybe an opportunity too to get a little bit more business experience mm-hmm. and administrative experience which I felt could only help me mm-hmm. in music therapy, especially once I got a sense of, oh, you kind of have to make opportunities for yourself and be mm-hmm. an entrepreneur in a right. sense. Right, like you say, you got to market yourself, you got to network, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I came back and started working and then, you know, you blink and you're like, oh, seven years just went by. Wow. Yeah. So how long were you at that job for? Seven years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, at that, at that point, were you ever looking like to try to get into a music theory, therapy position? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I did while I was in school was I was pretty into the wedding band scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I came back to Boston and was working, mm-hmm. I was able to get back into that pretty quickly. Okay. And so spent a decent amount of that time doing the wedding band life. Got it. Okay. So you yeah. still got to use your music. Yeah. Because I, ma- I imagine the higher ed administration stuff is not that creative. <laughs> <laughs> not, not so much, but I still was at a school that was heavily involved in the arts and in mm-hmm. music. So mm-hmm. that helped keep that connection going. That's good. Mm-hmm. So I was still able to meet people who were pretty heavily involved, mm-hmm. but yeah, between the nine to five and mm-hmm doing the wedding band life that was pretty much my life that's a lot for... yeah you got to rehearse mm-hmm. and you know wedding bands are you know they pay really well but mm-hmm. it's a lot of rehearsals yeah set up and yeah those are long nights too They're long nights and it's it's a different kind of lifestyle too it's like sure. you're kind of one person when you're doing you know your nine to five administrative work right. and then you got to go on stage and be like let's you gotta dance be an entertainer yeah, yeah in a way what was that experience like how long were you in the wedding band life for um, I mean, I'm still in it. You still are? Okay. Yeah. I sub now more than full time. Okay. But when I was in it, you know, I was really lucky. I mean, I would say in Boston, there's a lot of wedding band. The wedding band scene's pretty, mm-hmm. you know. There's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity. Um, and I was really lucky to be in a band that had really talented and really serious musicians. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to kind of build our foundation, like Mm -hmm. let's build our set lists and our songs. And Mm -hmm. then we just got to a place where we got really comfortable with each other. So we were able to have more fun. Yeah. On stage, Mm -hmm. try some things. Sure. A little improvising every once in a while. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that made it, and then they were just good human beings. That's good. That's important. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the the triangle of gigs where the three different factors where good hang, good pay and good music 
and you want to have at least two out of the three. Yeah. And if it's one out of the three, you shouldn't take the gig. I've not heard that. Yeah. So good hang is like good people, mm -hmm. good you know, interaction socially. Good pay is, is good pay, and a good music is good music. And uh, I've heard from a number of other musicians that you want to at least get two. Like mm -hmm. Good music and good pay. All right. If the people aren't that cool, that's all right. You're getting paid well, and the music's fine. Or yeah. if it's like good people and good pay, but maybe the music's not that fun, yeah, you can still stomach that. But mm -hmm. if it's like... All right, good pay. You get paid a lot, but the music sucks and people suck. Don't take that gig. Okay. So that's just a thing I've always heard. I wasn't sure if that yeah. was ever applied. And I've never heard of that, but heard that. that's a good rule to, yeah. to keep Yeah, I feel like that mind. could be translated into life in general. Pretty much, you know, right? Good, <laughs> good I guess people. good music. You could suffer just like good work, mm -hmm. you know, fulfilling work and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, now what you said you weren't full-time anymore. What is a full-time wedding band life? What, what kind of hours are you talking there? I would say How when we gigs? were... When we were really in it with this wedding band, it was probably between like 40 to 50 gigs a year. Wow. Okay. And so sometimes for me, it was working Monday through Friday and mm -hmm. then gigging Friday through Sunday. Wow. So nonstop. Never yeah. a day off really. Yeah. When it was like really heavy, most sure. of the time it was like a Saturday, Sunday, right. or Friday, Saturday situation. Mm -hmm. So you at least had one day. Right. You need some time to recoup after to that. To kind of get those your are life long gigs, together. high yeah. energy. Mm -hmm. Now, the wedding band you joined, were you guys, did you form a band with these people or were, did you jump into an already established band? We, so it was a new band, but mm -hmm. it was under established management. Mm -hmm. So, um, the guy who started the band was already really well established in the wedding band world mm -hmm. and had a band that had been gigging for years and years wow, and years okay. That's good. and just found himself in a place where he's like, I have so many opportunities mm -hmm. and just, you know, we can't do them all with this band. So right. we were like the secondary band. There kind you of, go. You know, that's great. That's a good gigs. problem to have. I guess too many gigs, right? right? Every musician would probably kill for that. Right. Yeah. Um, Cool. So you're still doing that a little bit, but just not as much. Mm -hmm. no? Yeah, I'm just okay. subbing where I'm needed. Got it. Got it. And then you worked at the for the admin stuff for seven years. Yeah. Right. Um, and then why did you decide to leave? It was. I think the main thing for me was. I'm in this phase of my life where it's really important for, the the work that I do and where mm -hmm. I spend most of my time and my energy to align with me mm -hmm. and align with who I am mm -hmm. and just who I am seven years ago has, is just very different sure, yeah. from where I am now. Mm -hmm. And that's good. You want to grow and you want to change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of beautiful things about the job and mm -hmm. there was, you know, I met so many great people and it was mm -hmm. comfortable to be there, mm -hmm. but sure. it was just time. Yeah, it was time. It was time. Now what, what lies in the future for Alex? What, yeah. are, what, what are you thinking about for the next thing, next phase of life? So I started working, right now I'm working at a family foundation, which is really cool. Okay. Um, so in a completely different industry, sure, yeah. completely different world. Wow. And right now I'm just in discovery mode. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot That's of... That's a good name for that. I like that. Discovery <laughs> mode. Yeah. Just, just absorbing everything and yeah. kind of exploring. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we as people and as artists, sometimes we put a lot of our identity into 
certain things and certain sure. labels. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have to, in order to be an artist, in order to be a musician, it has to go this way right. or it has to include X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's kind of, getting away from that, getting away from this idea that my life has to go a certain way Mm -hmm. and just being open and attentive to Mm -hmm. the universe and kind of what's going on around me and helping that influence where I need to go in life. Interesting. Yeah. Sounds like a good life philosophy. (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm trying to adopt that more and more in my life. And I feel like through that, it's helped me be more authentic Mm -hmm. helps me be feel more myself Mm -hmm. um in the way that i kind of move and interact in the world Mm -hmm. and that sounds like that's very important for you to be authentic and yeah true to yourself yeah so now that i'm in discovery mode i'm really hoping that that will kind of influence where i want to go with music right in this Mm -hmm. next because you're not you, my life you're too. not doing any music stuff with this new job at the moment, right? No, okay. no. But yeah. you hope to integrate it. Yeah. Going forward. So a lot of my music was through the wedding band, and mm-hmm. I was in a folk band for a few years. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, just doing different projects with mm-hmm. friends. Nice. That's good. Again, going back to the social aspect. Mm-hmm. Come back to. Um, great. Um, just have one or two more questions for you here. Um, did you ever get any uh, advice on how to make a living as a musician? I know you spoke to your um, teacher in high school that was saying like, oh, hey, this is a thing you can do. You can go to music school and you mm-hmm. can pursue this seriously as a career. But uh, did you ever get any advice from maybe some of your teachers at college or friends be like, hey, if you want to do this, because music is such a, a different, unique field, you got to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you spoke to a little bit to that with, regards to marketing yourself as a music therapist, but I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure if there was any other uh, situations where you found someone uh, giving you helpful advice or unhelpful advice. (laughs) I would say the advice I heard the most was that you just have to hustle. Okay. You have to work really, really hard if you want to have music be a big part of your life, especially if you want to make a living out of music. Right. I remember in high school... Mr. Black telling me, you know, if you want to go into music mm-hmm. in school, he was like, it is one of the hardest things you can do. You have to take a ton of classes. Mm-hmm. It takes up a lot of time. Right. And you're kind of like, what is that? Really? It's yeah, music. You don't know How what that means when be? you're 14, 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And then being mm-hmm. in college, you mm-hmm. know, taking 15, 16 credits a semester right. on top of learning wow. to, or having to have time to practice your craft Mm -hmm. and then wanting to get involved in different bands and Mm -hmm. things. You really have to learn about time management Mm -hmm. and prioritizing, Mm -hmm. learning when to say no and things like that. Sure. Um, So that was some good advice. Like Mm -hmm. the hustle is real. Yeah. And get ready. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was there ever, ever a moment where you were at college where you're like, you know what? I don't think music is for me. Or was it always like, no, this is what I want to do. This is my life. No, I definitely didn't have a time where I was like, music isn't for me. Mm-hmm. I definitely sh- struggled in college with getting comfortable with myself mm-hmm. as a musician and okay. not um, 
comparing myself to everyone around me. Sure. That's got to be tough at a music school, oh too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I think yeah. it's something we you all struggle through sure. going to school. And for me, it was like, I just didn't feel... There were times where I almost just didn't feel like I belonged there. Really? Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know, I'm this chick from Alaska. Oh, I like, see. Because of where you were from Yeah, and, stuff? And, and just the opportunities. It was like, I was... Going to to school, you talk to people who are like, oh yeah, I've you know grown up around music and I've performed here and I did this sure. and I've traveled Already here. Established. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just did it in school, yeah. you know. And mm-hmm. so it was like, am I even? Do I even have enough talent? To right, be am I cut here? out for this career path? Yeah, sure. And I'm sure, so, a lot of people go through that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, but I think. How did you get yourself through those moments, though, of doubt? Cause that's got to be tough. I imagine that's that's you can feel like you're kind of down on a hole for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, do you have any techniques or, or things that you use to help you kind of get out of those slumps? Mm-hmm. I think music therapy really helped. Sure, there you go. Yeah, you're in the right field. For it. <laughs> <laughs> I think self-diagnose yourself. Yeah, I think being surrounded by people who who loved music, but it wasn't necessarily this linear path. It wasn't mm-hmm. music education. It wasn't performance. Mm-hmm. It was, I love music, but mm-hmm. I love it because it's an opportunity for me to be in service of others. Right. was That's really great. big for me mm-hmm. and was something that really resonated with me. Yeah. Did you ever have any friends or colleagues that also felt that way at times or like, I don't know if I should really be here or they had their own doubts? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You guys could bond over your insecurities yeah yeah and the thing is everybody has them right and so not everyone's always vocal about exactly them too, exactly know? people try to hide behind false confidence and yeah stuff like that. yeah but then it's like when you're able to sit down and have an honest conversation with somebody about mm-hmm. it you realize oh a lot of these people are going through the same, thing. the same things or have been mm-hmm. in this space before and yeah. so you're able to kind of lean on and you know help each other help support each, each other, other. Yeah. yeah that's great yeah it's awesome um let's see all right one or two more questions mm-hmm. here um we talked a little bit about this before i guess but um some of the difficulties that you found in trying to make a career as a musician or a music therapist and uh, obviously you've had experience in the wedding bands a lot too so maybe you had some uh things to say about that but just Maybe some difficulties that popped up that you weren't expecting. Maybe things that people didn't tell you about before. Mm. Uh, anything you think worth sharing? Mm. That's a good question. Uh, there's probably a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, things are like, oh, I didn't know this was going to be a challenge. Or I didn't know I'd have to worry about this. Yeah. Because you know? I'm sure you already knew I have to practice. I have yeah. to hustle in that way. I have to rehearse. You got that probably since high school. Yeah. Um, but then there's always seems to be the real world stuff that right. they don't tell you in school. I'm always just, I'm interested to know, you know, because everyone's experience with that is a little bit different. Yeah. To what kind of difficulties you ran into, challenges. I would say learning how to manage your money mm. and okay. budget is really important. Yeah. Um, that was something, <laughs> that was a lesson I had to learn quite a few times. Really? Okay. Yeah. But I think just being a musician, things are going to cost money, especially right. if you have goals. You're like, I want to 
you know, record this EP or I want to mm-hmm. go out and do X, Y, and Z. Sometimes it costs money. Yeah. Sometimes or buy a bunch gonna... of gear and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's nice when you can crowdfund and all of that, mm-hmm. but I think learning how to put together a good budget mm-hmm. to be able to give yourself goals of, I'm going to save money to do all of these things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing for me because one of the things that I've been doing over the last couple of years is putting together this children's book of music that I wrote in music therapy. Oh, you okay. Know, Talk and, a little bit about that. that yeah. Sounds interesting. So, um, I just, so while I was working during my internship at children's hospital, you write just a bunch of different songs that mm-hmm. you can use. And this was in LA yeah, internship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That you can use in different scenarios mm-hmm. and, you know, I was just thinking, oh, it'd be cool to kind of compile this music together mm. and just create a different opportunity or another opportunity to bring focus to music therapy mm-hmm. in a different way. Sure. You know, I remember growing up and a lot of the children's books that I remember usually were the ones that had music accompanying it. Mm, or do okay. you remember where you could buy the books and they would have the tape in it? Yep. Oh, yeah. And you'd pop in the tape mm-hmm. and you just the follow along. The cassette tape. Yes. To yes. be specific here. Yes. <laughs> Free CDs. Or I guess maybe the CDs were around, but cassettes were still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you just pop in the cassette mm-hmm. tape and you'd follow along to the book. Yeah. And it was a way to learn how to read mm-hmm. and, you know... Um, and it was just like a good bonding experience yeah. too. And I feel like the music family. helps you remember it more mm-hmm. too, as far as memory. I'm sure you learned a lot about that mm-hmm. um, for music therapy. But, you know, I just think of any commercial with a catchy jingle on it and yep. you remember it. Exactly. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of those same techniques that you could use in mm-hmm. children's books. Mm-hmm. And so one of the main, main things that came out of it was like, okay, this is a cool idea, but how are you going to pay for it? Right. You know, and I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and how are you going to budget this project? What does it mm-hmm. look like in dollar amounts? Right. Mm-hmm. And so if I could say anything for young musicians coming mm-hmm. up, it's like mm-hmm. just, I mean, learning how to budget and save your money and being good with managing money is mm-hmm. just a skill. Essential life skill for anyone. It's just so important. It's so yeah. important. Mm-hmm. But especially as a musician, mm-hmm. knowing and understanding what your ideas mean in dollar amounts Mm -hmm. as just a more tangible way to get towards them Mm -hmm. i think is is big nice and you you kind of nicely seg segued segued i always say that word wrong segway yeah yeah um segued into the last question i have which is what advice would you give young artists and musicians who want to make a career in the arts in general we don't have to say music but Obviously, that's your background. Um, any bits of advice? Obviously, money management is a, a terrific piece of advice. Yeah. But, um, anything else that you've learned since uh, you graduated or while you were at school? I'm sure there's probably a lot of things. I think the biggest lesson for me is learning to separate what you think you need to do as a musician, how you need to be as a musician, the things that you think you need to do in order to be successful, Mm -hmm. being able to kind of push that noise aside and truly follow what's in your heart. Mm -hmm. That's a great piece of advice. Yeah. I think you just can't, every time I have kind of quieted the noise and really tried to move based on what felt right for me Mm -hmm. 
it was just never wrong. Right. Good and things that, happen yeah, when you do that. Okay. Yeah. What kind of noise are you talking about? Like trying uh, to impress other people? Yeah. Or kind of your image? Yeah. Or, or you have to look this certain way to mm-hmm. be successful. You have to sound this certain way to be mm. successful. You have to, you know, if you want to get into this, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving it vague because I know it's different for different sure. people what mm-hmm. that means. Right. But... I think once you start to ask your, because I think it gets easy sometimes to just start to think like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yep, gotta do that, gotta do this, gotta do that. Just taking advice from everybody, taking everybody's opinions. Right. That's the problem. There's so much noise out there in mm-hmm. general. Everyone's kind of trying to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not a one size fits all kind of scenario. Exactly. It's so different, so unique. Exactly, and you know if you, because. The thing is, I think that there's so much more opportunity than what we limit ourselves to and mm-hmm. what our mind tries to limit us to, trying to put us in this box. Mm. You think your mind does that to itself? For sure, yeah. I feel I like think I hear it's a little about bit people of the... putting you in a box yeah. like on the outside, but that's an interesting perspective, saying like, you can actually put yourself in the box mm-hmm. without realizing mm-hmm. it. I think sometimes your mind can be your worst enemy. Mm. You know, it can, these like tiny little thoughts of, oh, I'm not good enough, or, oh, I'm going to mess this up, mm. or, oh, I don't have what that person has, so can I'm I really have this, or, I'm, you know what I mean? Sure. This yeah. is all just going on in your own mind, mm-hmm. which is not, but it doesn't mirror what's happening in reality. Right. So that's really what I mean by like cutting that noise out, mm. cutting these thoughts of I can't do it because I don't believe that those are truly you. You know, I believe mm-hmm. musicians have been given that gift for a reason mm-hmm. and what that gift might manifest itself into is going to look a little different, mm-hmm. but everybody has a gift to give the world that I believe is very specific to them. Mm-hmm. So I think as an artist, when you can let go of, the ego and kind of all of those thoughts that we have that everybody just yeah everyone's got that yeah I think it can kind of open up opportunities and open up that space for you to really dig deep in and find like oh this is what makes me as an artist me and this is what I want to share with the world that's a great way to put it it's a great way to wrap things up here (laughs) Um, thank you, Alex, so much for coming on the Arts Unknown podcast. Thank you for having me. This was fun. It yeah, went by fast. Cool. I know, right? It goes by fast. It's been just a little over an hour, actually. So wow. good timing. Um, now, uh, I don't know if you have any music online or anything like that, but I always like to ask all my guests, since so far they've been music, if there's anywhere people who are listening want to check out anything you've done. Um, I know you mentioned the book that yeah. you want to work on. That's not out yet. It's right? not out yet. Okay. Not any- yet plans or timeline for when you'd like that to be released because it sounds really interesting i would definitely love to check it out yeah hopefully sometime in this next year it will be out okay yeah so that sounds really exciting definitely keep us updated i will do you have a title for it at all yet my working title is a million things okay and where does that come from um so that is the title of the song one of the main songs that i wrote for for music therapy yeah and it's really this idea of if you could be anything, what would you be and why? Wow. Okay. Um, is like the song structure. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but and is this for a certain age group? Mm-hmm. It's a children's book. Okay. The idea is it's supposed to be like this lullaby. Oh, okay. Kind of bedtime story. Is that the kind of music that you wrote for it too? Mm-hmm. Kind of nice, soft mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah. Great. And then your idea is that you would record yourself singing these songs mm-hmm. as well? Yep. And then mm-hmm. it would just kind of accompany the book. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hear too much about stuff like that. I'd love, love to see that come to fruition there. yeah so the, hopefully this next year it'll be out and about that would be great a million yeah. million things a million things yeah and are you gonna have a little cassette tape to go with that <laughs> <laughs> maybe not cassette tape because i don't know who has that nowadays yeah. even cds yeah people don't really have cd mm-hmm. players so it's getting more and more rare yeah print it on vinyl that would be oh, cool people would eat that up right sure. all the hipsters uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> which i include myself in that group because i love vinyl yeah but. Uh, cool. Well, thanks so much, Alex, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Pleasure to have you. Uh, my guest today was Alex Jones, and this has been the Arts Unknown Podcast. My name is Jared Rocco. Thank you all for listening, and have a fantastic day. All right, that's it for today's episode of the Arts Unknown Podcast. I'd like to say a special thank you to my guest today, Alex Jones, for coming on the show and sharing her stories. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Arts Unknown podcast, consider subscribing to the show. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. We'd also love to hear your thoughts on the show, so leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher to let us know how we're doing. My name is Jared Rocco, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.